0: It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. If you joining us on our podcast as well around the world, our actual podcast metrics took a dip. During lockdown, um, I think the, the, the venues that people would ne- normally listen to podcasts, like public transport and gyms and so on, uh, weren't available. So the metrics went uh, tanked, and now they're back up to pre-lockdown numbers, which is exciting. Uh, we had a new country enter our top 10 last month, and that country is Greece, that debuted in at number six. So to our, uh, yes, to our... Uh, well, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say maresi to our uh, listeners in, in, uh, in Greece. And then we had a, a reentrant into our top 10, Luz. They've been there before, but they slipped away. But they're back, baby. And at number three, even, and that is the Philippines. And I've, I've already proven that I'm fluent in Filipino when they were in the top 10 last time. So I'm not gonna say welcome in Filipino this time, but welcome in Filipino. Uh Last week we launched a new series called Naked and Unafraid. The big idea of this series is how we can uh, embrace the risks and experience the rewards of living a large, open and expansive life. And our good friend Steve Hall kicked that off with a message called Risk Exposure. The big idea there is that it's dangerous to live safe. That Dancing in the street is far more rewarding than just sitting, looking at life, pass you by from a window, and that we have a choice. Of course, dancing in the street risks exposure, but it's where also where the greatest rewards take place. So I'm taking on week two of this series today. I wanna talk about abandoning smallness, and I wanna dive right into actually what is, uh, what is very much the, the theme scripture of this entire series. So if you've got your Bible app, you can go there to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, In a moment, if you haven't, that's fine. Some of you have paper Bibles, God bless you. Uh, We'll also put this up on the screen. And the backstory is, this was a letter written by a guy named Paul, and Paul had launched this church in a place called Corinth, which is in Greece. Um, And this was the second letter that he wrote to them. And he wrote to them lots of encouragement, And he wrote to them lots of correction. It seems that they're a little bit of a hot mess at times. And uh, this is the second of the two letters that we have, uh, that that he wrote. And I'm gonna drop you a slice of that. And as I said, this is very much encapsulates the big idea of this entire series. So Paul wrote this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open space spacious life. We didn't fence you in. Now, let me just drop something in there. I said this to our team this morning. I wanna be the sort of leader and I want us to be the sort of church that focuses more on what you can do, not what you can't do. More on what God's called you to and not what you shouldn't do. Now, there are some shouldn'ts and we don't call them shouldn'ts. We call them dumb, unwise things. So God certainly does have a list of things that are unwise decisions, stuff that will lead us in a direction and and cause us to have the sort of outcomes in our life that are less than God's best. So please understand. In fact, the same author Paul wrote elsewhere, everything is permissible, meaning you can do anything you want. You tell people, you can't tell me what to do. Well, they can, but you don't have to listen. So everything's permissible, but not everything's profitable. So do the stuff that's profitable and delete the stuff that's not profitable. So, But having said that, we we wanna focus more on, more on, more (laughs) on what you can do, what God's called you to, the wide open spaces that He's laid out in front of you, about the the, the bigness and the richness and the rewarding life that that He's got set out for us. And so we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Ouch. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Don't put, pull the ejector button just yet because he says to them and, and, and says to us, I'm speaking as plainly as I can. Yeah, well, that's pretty obvious. And with great affection. When you try to give correction, make sure the person that you're correcting understands that it comes with great affection. And and look, in leadership, there's a principle taught called the turd sandwich. They don't use the word turd; they use another four-letter word that means turd. It's called the turd sandwich, and I I can't stand it. The turd sandwich is say something nice to the person, then drop the steaming pile of turd on them, and then say something nice again. And that's make meant to make this. Big steaming pile of turd seem all the more digestible. And it's like, no, live in such a way that the people you are leading understand 24-7-365 that you have great affection for them. Not just in the moment. And then sure, out of that relationship, you can speak correction because they know it comes with great affection. This is true of parenting, this is true in marriage. This is true in, the, in in any workplace. So good on you, Paul. Seems he knew a thing or two about leadership. I'm speaking as plain as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. He's telling them that there's a choice, that there's two options on the table with our lives. And we can either choose to live them in a small way or we can choose to live and move to live openly and and expansively. Now Louisa, my wife, about six years ago was working in a job, an admin job at a high school, and she didn't not like it, but she had this sense in her that God was calling her to, to do more and to make an even greater impact in the lives of high schoolers. And she felt God calling her the way to do that was to, to, to move from the admin side of school life into the teaching side, which she had to then get back in to, to, to study. And so whilst working full time, uh, Louie took on uh, a course of study and and did more than they required each time to fast track the process. Went on, got her bachelor's in education, decided that, that that God was calling her to even more and so went on straight away uh, to, to, to get a master's in education. And now six years after that, um, she's now the head of year nine and ten at a school with 600 students under her watch in this sort of middle leadership position um, in a high school. And it came out of the sense of God calling her to step outside of the fence that she was in and move into wide open spaces, but it required a choice and it required commitment and it required work and it required consistency. Now, listen very carefully, people. I am not saying to those of you who are working in an admin role, that that's not God's best for you. Let me tell you very clearly, those of you who are gifted in admin and working in an admin role, I am not an admin person. God loves you, I love you, we need you, and, 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 and God can, can lead you into wide open spaces, even doing admin. It's true, it's true, I've heard, it's true. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this is specifically, the big idea is, is that if something in your life is fencing you in from not pursuing wide open spaces to something, whatever that thing might be that God's calling you to, then you have a choice. You have a choice to stay fenced in or to move into wide open spaces. See, there's two versions of you. There's the mini you and I mean, as if I wasn't going there, right? (laughs) And then there's the real you, and the real you is the you that God's actually created you to become. But you might not be there just yet, but He's created you to become that. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna run some diagnostics, okay? I'll just run 10 diagnostics that one or more of them may set off the warning light for you that maybe... You're living your life in a small way. Now, this might hurt a bit, but I say this with great affection. <laughs> we can't fix something if we haven't properly diagnosed it, okay? So that's, I'm just going to run some diagnostics. And if, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but, but if, if the warning light goes off on any one or more of these, then that is almost certainly a clue that in that area, or maybe more areas than one, you may be living your life in. You're not. Your lives aren't small, but you may be living them in a small way. Now, by the way, I'm gonna kind of just rifle through these. Um, our slide decks that we, that we create every Sunday, they're actually on our website. So if you're ever like, oh, I can't take notes fast enough, or I forgot what that scripture was, they're all there. They're all archived. They go back several years. So just know that, elevatechurch.me. Um, and you'll find the slide decks there that you're seeing on the screens. But let me run the diagnostics. Here's, here's a clue. Maybe you can be petty that you you find yourself thinking about and spending too much talking about things that kind of don't really matter. And now, not all trivia is unimportant. I mean, how do you expect to win a game of Trivial Pursuit if you don't know any trivia? So I'm not saying don't ever focus on trivia. But if that's all you ever focus on, small things, small ideas, small talks, small mindedness, that could be a clue that you're living your life in a small way. Here's another one, holding a grudge. things that happened in your past, if you're still holding on to them, you physically can't move forward because you're holding on to them and they exist in your past. They will cause you to remain living inside defense. And by the way, here's the thing. People say, forgive and forget. Oh my gosh, that is terrible advice. People that say that should be, I don't know, something bad should happen to them. Because, Because those are not the same things. You can forgive even though in that moment you have not forgotten. In fact, the very reason that you remember is the reason you need to forgive. If you couldn't remember, you wouldn't think you needed to forgive. Hello. Boy, I am smart. So, <laughs> so you, here's the thing. God has given you the same forgiveness, the same power that caused Him to forgive you. He's, He's given you and I access to that so that we can forgive other people even though we can still remember what they did or said. And we can move on once we've forgiven them. Here's one. Too self-conscious. Now, there is a difference between being self-aware and being self-conscious. Self-aware is good. Self-aware, it helps you with emotional intelligence. Self-aware helps you with relational intelligence. Self-aware helps you avoid doing and saying dumb stuff. So please, for everyone's sake, including yours, be self-aware but not self-conscious. Self-conscious is focused on your limitations. Self-conscious is focused on what you wish you had that you don't have or wish you didn't have that you do have. And you're focused on that and you look at everything through that lens and that can be what keeps you living your life in a small way. Here's another one, inward. That whenever there's any danger, any threat, any risk, you actually withdraw like the turtle into the shell. And in that moment, you've actually retreated behind the fence. Similar to that is shrinking back. This one's shrinking back. This might be about opportunities. This might be in your workplace where where your boss says, hey, I need someone to tackle this project. Would you like to do it? And all you can think about is there's no way I could do that. So you say, no, thank you. Or you don't put your hand up in the first place. And opportunities will continue to pass you by because you Walk around considering yourself unqualified. Comparing yourself to others. Now, there is actually a healthy aspect to comparison, and that is where you draw inspiration from somebody, where you learn the process and the principles of someone else and maybe start to apply them to your life, but you are not meant to become them. You're meant to become the best version of you that's living and fulfilling God's potential in your life. So comparison, there's a place for it. But when it starts to be about, I could never, there's no way, when, when it moves from inspiration to intimidation, then, then it becomes a problem. Here's one. Assuming the worst in people. Well, they probably. Oh, well, they always. Oh, that, that's typical. Well, this Aussie one. Oh, that'd be right. That'd be right. And you and you become cynical and critical and gossipy. And those things are small. Here's one uncomfortable giving a compliment. See, giving a compliment is actually an act of generosity and it reflects on the greatness that God's put inside you. But if you are living your life in a small way, you can't give the compliment because you think, well. I can't talk about how great they are because I am too consumed by how terrible I think I am. And that's offence. And then this one, negative outlook. Some of these overlap, I understand that, but this one's negative outlook. This This is the one that when anything crosses into your radar, your default is to think about how it probably won't work. Never been done before. I've never done that before. I I, I tried it once before and it failed, so I probably, if I tried it again and God's calling me to do it, but no. And everything's about what won't work versus what might actually work. And this is all, these are diagnostics. But when you and I make the decision to, to start living in a big way, bigness grows from the inside out. The circumstances don't change first. The change and the transformation come from inside. And the real you starts to replace the mini you. Because the real you is the you that God's created you to become. Now, does anyone recognize this animal? Anyone? And if you said a deer, and I hoped you would, you would be wrong. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. Work the treat. This, in fact, is some of you do know this, an African impala. Did anyone get that? Yeah. Two people and they're not Africans. righty, yeah, alright. Yeah. Right. Okay, really, really, really? Don't lie, Jesus is listening. An impala, I, look, I know that. This is an African impala. Let me, let me tell you some fun facts about the African impala. The African impala can jump up to three metres high and up to 10 metres in distance, right? That's pretty high for a white guy. And, uh, <laughs> and Now, because, now, now what, knowing that, three metres high, 10 metres long, knowing that you would think that this animal is very rarely found in zoos, that because they couldn't build an enclosure large enough to contain such an animal. So you might be surprised to learn that African impalas are typically kept in open enclosures with only one metre high fences around them. And the reason that works is because the African impala will not jump over a fence when they can't see where they're going to land. The African impala will not move beyond the fence when they can't first be guaranteed of the outcome. About 10 years ago, uh, Louis and I were living in Melbourne and uh, I was interviewing for uh, some leader, senior leader roles in some of, of uh, the churches there in Melbourne and some really great churches and, and significant churches and uh, really excited, we like Melbourne. We like Perth, but we also like Melbourne and uh, really excited and, and looking forward to new opportunities and new possibilities and we had a great network of friends there. And I came back from one of said interviews and and the interview process was ongoing and felt God say to me on behalf of us um, to move back to Perth. And He said, I want you to move back to Perth and I will set you up with a church to lead. And that was it. He didn't say which church. He didn't give me the website address. He didn't give me any contacts. He didn't tell me who to phone or anything. Nothing, just move back to Perth, and I will set you up with a church. And 10 years later, ta-da, here I am, and Louie, and we still are in love, and we love you. And here's the thing, I don't share that story as a flex. The reason I share that story is obviously I know the story, we've lived the story, and, and I just want to let you know that I'm smoking what I'm selling, Okay. Because there was no guarantee of the outcome, moved back. To, Louis didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have a job lined up. We had one suitcase each. That was it. Moved back to Perth, and I, I will. So the guarantee came in the form of God's word, but not any actual circumstances to substantiate that. In before we leapt over the fence, and I want to encourage you. If there's something that God's calling you to, that's beyond defence, even if there's no clearly visible guarantee of that outcome, if the guarantee is God's calling, then it's guaranteed. This same guy, Paul, this big wig of the early church, he had a protege named Timothy, and Timothy was leading the church in Ephesus at the time, which is in Turkey now. Uh, was leading that church there and Paul wrote a couple of letters to him. So these were some personal letters, one-on-one one, from Paul the mentor to Timothy the protege. And uh, one of the lines that Paul wrote to become pretty famous in church world, um, I'm gonna read it to you and I'm gonna read it to you in two versions, which very much overlap, but I'm doing that to really get the point across, the same point that Paul was writing to get across to Timothy. Paul wrote to Timothy, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline elsewhere. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, Paul wrote this very practical instruction to his protege because he recognised in Timothy that he was on the verge of living his life in a small way that he was gonna be leading the church in a small way, that he was gonna be living out his calling in a small way, living behind the fear fence. And Paul was saying to him, you have a choice, buddy. You have a choice. There is two options on the table. One of them is inside a fence, and the other is available, just as available to you, but it's outside the fence. It's beyond the fence. And that fence for you, my friend, is fear. Is is, is is intimidation. That's the word, timid, intimidation. And I'm encouraging you, Paul's saying to Timothy, I'm encouraging you, choose the wide, open, expansive life, risk exposure. Don't live fear behind the fear fence. The mini-me embraces the fear. The real you embraces the wide open spaces that are just as available, but it requires stepping over the fence. And this sort of fear that Paul wrote about, this is not the sort of fear that you experience when you're on a plane and the masks drop down. <laughs> That's called acute fear. And by the way, the, 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 the power in acute fear is it's very difficult to ignore <laughs> and it will typically trigger the fight or flight response in you. The spike is almost vertical That's acute fear, right? This is not that sort of fear. The sort of fear that Paul's warning Timothy that he could possibly choose to stay living behind is what you might call chronic fear. It burns more slowly. The spike isn't like this. In fact, the spike is barely perceptible. The problem with chronic fear is not only that it's barely perceptible, but but we can actually learn to live with it. We can put coping mechanisms in place. We can adjust. We can say, well, it's not so bad. We can compare to someone else whose life sucks way more than ours and say, could be worse, look at them. And we could accept that living behind the chronic fear fence is okay. I mean, come on. And yet even in those moments, God's saying, no, I want you to respond. I want you to choose something different, something bigger, something better. To do that is gonna require vulnerability. Steve talked a bit about that last week, vulnerability. Now, you've all heard the word vulnerability. The thing about the word and the concept vulnerability is most of the time when it gets airplay. It's about opening up and showing your feelings. Honey, have I told you lately that I love you? And here's the 17 things I love about you. You know what, honey? When you asked me to put the bin out last night, I did not. And I want you to know that from me before you discover it, still outside our front door this morning. And you hope that your person you're opening up to treats you very gently and very lovingly. Now that's how we, and and that's, that's real, that's true, and it's risky, and that is vulnerability. But this isn't the sort of vulnerability I'm talking about. So let me broaden the definition. The vulnerability I'm talking about is the vulnerability that the African Impala won't embrace. It's vulnerability of us taking a risk even when there's no guarantee of the outcome. And the reason we would do that is because God's calling us to do that. So let me insert one more very important clarifier. And that is that there is a difference between taking a risk and being reckless, right? And the the difference is very, very simple. Taking a risk is doing something that God's called you to with no guarantee of the outcome. (laughs) And being reckless is doing something God hasn't called you to, with no guarantee of the outcome. Because this one doesn't come with the backing of the Creator of the heavens and the earth. He doesn't promise to fulfil this in your life because He never called you to it in the first place. So go ahead. Jump off the plane without a parachute, but I didn't recommend you do that. And here's how that's going to end. Splat. Oh, but Mark said that we should be reckless. No, Mark did not say you should be reckless. In fact, Mark, and you can listen to our podcast, said you should not be reckless. But instead, take the sort of risks that God's calling you to. And those might be things like, in Louis's situation, a course of study that's going to allow you to move into wide open spaces and pursue opportunities. Oh, but I could never. Well, 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 if God's called you to that, don't stay behind the fence. It could be a business opportunity. Well, no one's ever done that before. Yeah, sure, I get it. No one ever thought Uber was a great idea until someone decided, let's start a business, call it Uber. And uh, by the way, I love them, especially when I didn't have a form of transport. It could be putting your hand up for a project at work. It could be investing in somebody even though who's not a follower of Jesus, even though it might ultimately lead nowhere or cause them to sort of reject what you're offering. It could be inviting someone to a live experience. I mean, we've got Christmas Eve on the 24th, in case you missed that, here at 6pm. And it's a brilliant opportunity to invite someone into a live experience for Christmas Eve. And they might say no to your invitation, but. Don't treat your relationship with Jesus as classified information. <laughs> if the people you work with don't know that you're a follower of Jesus, then I'm like, what? I mean, don't be one of those go- type of followers of Jesus where I'd prefer you didn't. Just redact that part of your story. But um, yeah. So here's my here's my homework question, and we're going to keep riffing on this actual homework question throughout this whole series. What is God calling you to do that's going to require you to abandon smallness and move beyond the fence? What is God calling you to that's gonna require you to abandon smallness and move beyond the fence? We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.